Well, a very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live on this last day of January, January 31st, 2020. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. Welcome. And we're happy to be here. And uh, today, pre-recording a little earlier in the day because we had a commitment this evening. So uh, there'll be no, unfortunately, no game show today. No big prizes. No, no big prize saint of the away. day. No, no, well, not today. That'll give everybody a chance to read up on their saints and be ready for next week. That's right. And it's hard to believe it's already the end of January. Tomorrow is February 1st. How did that happen? Huh? I don't know. It doesn't feel like January, though, so I'm happy with that. Happy I with know. The, the weather fine. now. Uh, and again, because we're pre-recording, Jim can't be here, uh, so I'm going to have to do the weather a little later on. I'll give the, All right. a fine weather report. It looks like you... it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful few days coming up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so anyway, we have a, a lovely program for you. Emily Italia will be joining us shortly with her Around the Family Table segment. And then, uh, of course, uh, we have our gospel reading and reflection today by Father Jim Grogan at the top of the next hour. And then also next hour, we're going to be joined by Bill Harkins from St. Rose Parish in Belmar to talk about the Cornerstone program. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll hear all, all about that, some music talk. So we hope you can stay with us for the next couple of hours, friends, as we uh, come together on this final day of January 2020. We'll begin, though, as we begin our time together each week in prayer. And what I've been praying are these prayers that I like to pray in the morning uh, when I'm doing my prayer. Um, I, I don't know where I found this one prayer. It's a prayer to our children's guardian angels. Oh, how beautiful. You know, that's one of my favorite pictures, and I think everybody knows which one it is, uh, the angel... Over the bridge there. Over the bridge yeah. with the young mm -hmm. children in front of it. This is a prayer that we pray for to our children's and grandchildren's guardian angel. Mm. And then a prayer that um, we pray for the protection of our homes. Again, we and also our children. So I pray them in the morning, and I think it's a nice way to start the day. So let's pray together, friends. I'll pray these and just bring to mind your children, your grandchildren, your family members as we pray these prayers uh, together. And we begin in the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. I humbly salute you, you, O oh, you faithful heavenly friends of my children. I give you heartfelt thanks for all the love and goodness you show them. At some future day, I shall, with thanks more worthy than I can now give, repay your care for them. And before the whole heavenly court, acknowledge their indebtedness to your guidance and protection. Continue to watch over them, provide for all their needs of body and soul, Pray likewise for me and my spouse and my whole family that we may all be one day rejoicing in your blessed company. And Lord, we beg you to visit our home and the homes of our children and our family members and banish from there all the deadly power of the enemy. May your holy angels dwell here and there to keep us in peace, and may your blessing be upon us always, and we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And our prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and also the Subtum Presidium prayer to Blessed Mother. Uh, Holy Father Pope Francis has asked us to pray these prayers every day to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael, Michael the Archangel, Archangel defend, defend us in battle. battle. Be, Be our, our protection against, against the wickedness and snares of the devil. devil. May, May God, God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, Cast into hell Satan and, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. 
Amen. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray, pray for, for us. us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray, pray for, for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray, pray for, for us. us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray, pray for, for us. us. And we'll also ask you now, as I'm thinking, you know, we probably should, let's, let's, let's pray this prayer for the healing because um, we did get word from our friend Maria, mm-hmm. uh, her parents actually, and they are um, undergoing special treatment, experimental treatment, mm-hmm. and there's a mass for healing tonight at 7 o'clock, right? Our, is it our time or their yes, time? They run at different times and we can't really say where they are. But Well, no, but it's probably a few hours difference okay. since they're out there. <clears throat> so probably right around this time then. No, I'm sorry, later on because they're, no, it's, they're, they're it's yeah. going to be later. But let's pray today like to our great divine physician, our great healer in heaven. It's it's a one-year anniversary. It's, today is the day, right? Last year. Today they... is when she, a year ago was diagnosed with this cell on her brainstem mm-hmm. um, tumor. tumor. And then uh, so tonight, probably 10 p.m. our time. So this program airing at 10 o'clock again tonight. So, mm-hmm. so oh, powerful, powerful. If you're listening at 10 o'clock, uh, and actually all these prayers are out to go outside of time. They're going to God's yeah, time. God has no time, but they'll be attending a healing mass. And I just think it's very, very powerful, you know, the fact that they're here at this clinic that provides a lot of hope. And again, these experimental procedures that are not yet allowed in the United States. We hear of wonderful things happening in other countries. So um, if we could hold young Maria in our thoughts, and prayers today that she receives that wonderful miracle that we've been pleading for for a year now. Now, It was a year ago today that they did get the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And uh, just before they left to go to this um, special clinic, um, her dad stopped by and someone had called him and said, pray, invoke Archbishop Sheen. And so I gave him, we had a second class class relic here at the station. I gave it to him to to bring, to keep, to bring to, because I have a few of them that I was given many years ago, but um, I gave it to him, told him to, to bring it with him and pray for for Venerable Sheen's intercession. I know, and I also had a rosary that Bishop O'Connell gave to us that Holy Father St. Pope John Paul II gave to him. So, because I, I had asked the bishop for if he could give me a relic for St. John Paul, mm-hmm. and he had this rosaries that John Paul handed to him and gave to him, and he shared them with us and allowed us to have him here. I gave those to borrow for for that as well, that intention. So a lot of powerful intercessory prayer taking place uh, right now, and we're asking all of you, our family of listeners, to pray for uh, this special intention that the hands of our Lord be placed upon this tumor on Maria's brainstem. And today, in a very special way, during this healing mass being prayed today, that there will be a healing. And her mom did text us and say, it, it's up to God now. It really right. is up to God. They've done everything humanly possible. Right. So we'll put But how in. beautiful that we have our faith, which gives us hope. We hang on to that hope. We have the family of saints to pray to, and we have you, our, our earthly family, to just raise all these prayers to heaven. And how wonderful if we could be rejoicing in a miraculous healing of mm-hmm. young Maria. So gracious God, We praise and thank you for your faithfulness and love. You have blessed us with the example of your servant, Maria Kalpas, whose deep faith in your presence, love for the Eucharist, and zeal in fostering the faith life of others continue to inspire us. Through her intercession, we pray for the healing of Maria. Help us to continue life's journey with a heart filled with a profound faith in you and that trust which is born of love. 
We ask this through Jesus our Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And I'll also pray this prayer for Archbishop Sheen's intercession since the we this card actually that I'm holding is one of the cards we touched to his tomb. Mm-hmm. So we pray, Eternal Father, you alone grant us every blessing in heaven and on earth through the redemptive mission of your divine Son, Jesus Christ, and by the working of the Holy Spirit. If it be according to your will, glorify your servant, Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, by granting the favor we now request through his prayerful intercession. And we place Maria into the hands of Venerable Sheen. We make this prayer confidently through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. So please keep that in prayer, friends. We'll keep you posted as we get word from uh, Maria's parents, obviously uh, in a situation now where they're... And she was very honest. Her mom was very honest. It's really in God's hands. God has to... We need a miracle. We need a miracle. So we're going to be praying for that miracle. And so many people suffering, and it just seems like cancer is an everyday word mm-hmm. in our walk of life. At, at When I'm at work, I see a lot of different people. Um, a good friend of mine who just recently lost her husband, she asked me to pray. A good friend is um, praying for her son, so a young man by the name of Tim, again, stricken with cancer mm-hmm. and just um, praying for that miraculous healing. Mm-hmm. The doctors mm-hmm. can only do so much. So. Each one of us can think of someone right now, I know it, that you're going to raise up to heaven and say, Jesus, please heal them. Mm-hmm. So we're praying not just you know, for those people that we know, but all those who are stricken with these illnesses today that just seem to be taking over. Right. In fact, yesterday, um, our friend Tom McCarty came by because he, he's the gentleman who is such a skilled craftsman, uh, built our chapel here but uh, we're as we I've been sharing with our listeners we're getting a brand new control board I'm excited about mm-hmm. but we need some work done here on the console to make room for it and things so anyway Tom came by yesterday and he was he said he was at the hospital all day yesterday his brother-in-law and I don't know his name or age but he was undergoing an operation for pancreatic cancer mm. so we'll keep that intention so many intentions to pray for uh, friends and uh, you know, and we with have, that being said on Monday am I correct that Bruce is he'll here he'll be here at three o'clock so call in with those prayers you know it, it helps other people to even hear that um, some people are home and, and they're just perpetually praying they're not out there in the busy world maybe they're just um, stuck at home for one reason or another they will pray. They will mm-hmm. pray for all of you. And then you know you're not alone. When these people call in and they say, oh, I, I'm, I'm suffering with this or that, like we, not, we can unite all that suffering across, mm-hmm. a, across the miles with our radio family. And, and Bruce will pray with you and pray for you. So that's Monday at 3 o'clock, and I, I just urge you to do, mm-hmm. to do Okay, that. so we'll keep all of that in prayer, friends. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be joined by our friend uh, Emily Italia with her Around the Family Table segment. So you stay where you are. There's more to come on Friday Live.
Welcome back, friends. And joining us now with her Around the Family Table segment is our friend Emily Italia, and she has great information for us every time she joins us. Emily, Happy New Year, and welcome back. Happy New Year. Great to be here. Great to have you. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a few weeks and kind of getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, all of so. a sudden, you know, the decorations are down, and because and, uh, we, we spend a lot of time, you know, you're part of our we're family members, and we spend a lot of time together. It was the a lot of fun uh, Christmas this year for us. Oh, it was. It was great. Joyful time. So. Yeah, it goes too fast. <laughs> but here we are, New Year, and uh, I know you have a great topic today. Uh, today I'm actually borrowing a, my, an idea from my daughter's confirmation preparation curriculum. It comes from Life Teen, if anybody's interested, um, and it's called Purpose. It's a new program for our parish this year, and um, you can actually check it out at lifeteen.com. Um, But the curriculum is 24 sessions that focus on three big questions. Uh, Why believe in God? Why trust Jesus? And why belong to the church? And it's designed to walk a teenager from an unbelief in God or disbelief toward a commitment to Jesus to live through the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And um, the idea is that we need to give teens and children a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all looking for a sense of purpose in our life. Um, both the secular world and the Christian world recognize that life with purpose is more fulfilled, it's happier, um, and we have more impact than um, when we do when we have a life that's lived aimlessly, just, you know, rote and day to day. We need a, a direction and a focus toward which we can move or we become bogged down in stagnation. And there's actually some psychological research behind this. Um, The ego psychologist Eric Erickson has eight stages of what he called um, theories of development. Mm -hmm. 
and it's centered on the psychosocial. And I won't go through all of them. You can look them up on Google. Um, But the two stages that really kind of apply to the idea of a life of purpose are um, during the teenage years and during adulthood. Mm -hmm. So I think that applies really to our whole family. It can start in childhood too. Um, But particularly during what he calls stage five, identity versus confusion. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the teenage years when children are exploring their independence and getting that sense of self. Um, and those who are encouraged and reinforced um, through their personal exploration uh, will get that strong sense of self and feelings of independence and control. And those who do not and remain unsure of their beliefs and desires become insecure and confused about themselves in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where I'm coming from with the whole idea of living a life of purpose. Mm-hmm. And, we, you know, we can look at the statistics of the behaviors of teenagers and young adults today. There's a lot of despair, unfortunately. Right. And I think a lot of that stems from not having an understanding of why we're here, what we're meant to do, mm. um, having a life that seems like it's without meaning, you know, when you're just constantly, okay, I'm studying for this class or I'm doing this sport, but why? Well, mm-hmm. How does that apply to my life down the road? Right. We were discussing this with Deacon Anthony recently, mm-hmm. um, and I always say, you know, you know our, we're, we're created by God with an innate desire for him. And if we don't know God and we, we don't know who he is and we have no concept of we've rejected him, there is still a yearning and a desire for for him, although we don't know it's for him, so we try to fill it with other things. Right. And young people, especially, who have no faith or have not been brought up properly or you know, do not know the Lord or, or, or God, they they try to fill that, that yearning and sati- to, satis- to be satisfied, and they can't right. be satisfied with anything in the world. No, we're not designed to be. That's and, right. Uh, and we live in such an age of distraction mm-hmm. that it's so easy to fill that time and that space, that mental space, with one distraction after another, social media and movies and TV and, you know, just everything that mm-hmm. fills all that space. We don't have quiet contemplative time any longer as a society. And for teens especially, and yes. this is the tra- these are the transition years because going from being a child into an adult, that, and I'm sure these days must be very, very difficult, even than when we were raising our own children. Uh, today, I'm sure there are many, many very distractions there. It just gets more and more challenging. Mm-hmm. And uh, what makes the Christian and Catholic perspective stand out from that secular understanding is um, it's like looking at, in my opinion, it's like looking at something through a pair of glasses that are smeared and spotted versus mm-hmm. a pair of glasses that are perfectly clear. Mm-hmm. I think the secular understanding of purpose is a start, but we have to obviously go beyond that because there's no way to fulfill that desire for God otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to get a comparison, I actually found this on uh, greatergood.berkeley.edu. Mm-hmm. So they suggest that an important life event, serving others in a meaningful way, and changes in life circumstances are three critical components of an experience that help make it purpose-seeking. Um, so they suggest things like traveling abroad, spending extended time in the natural world, getting involved in a meaningful social change project, or establishing a contemplative practice, mm-hmm. insert prayer. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but they they talk about how high school experiences give students little time for self-reflection, meaning-making, and really diving deeply into what makes us come alive. Um, so it's just a rush to get through this subject or that subject and very little time to contemplate, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so without this sense of meaning and purpose, they say students start to fall away or become disinterested in school 
or they continue to achieve, but it's without a sense of excitement or understanding mm-hmm. of, of what it's for. Um, and it's funny to me, they said, most school settings fail to address the larger questions. Why was I put on this earth? What do I want to do with my life? Why am I having trouble <laughs> figuring out my identity? And I just had to laugh. It's like, it's so obvious to the, right. the Christian mindset why they're not able to address that exactly. properly. Exactly. So um, the contrast is the Christian perspective. Um, without that purpose, life becomes motion without meaning. Um and it's founded upon whatever the culture offers up as the latest must-have material thing mm-hmm. or must-do activity. Um, and there's uh, Pastor Rick Warren, I guess he's a, a well-known Christian author, mm-hmm. wrote The Purpose-Driven Life. And in it, he says, you were made for a mission. You aren't just here to wander around lost, and you aren't here simply to live for yourself. Right. And I think that's where the secular world really misses the mark, because it's all about what can you do to improve yourself? Mm-hmm. What can you do to make your life better? Right. And no wonder we feel empty mm-hmm. if we follow that. Right. Path. It's the I, me, mine yes. mindset. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how can we help our children to find that greatest purpose in life unless they have the whole picture? Obviously, they're going to come up short if all, their only resource is education and whatever the secular world mm-hmm. offers. Mm-hmm. So um, the Catholic purpose, you learned this in your probably Baltimore catechism, sure. uh, to know, love, and serve God in this life so that we may be happy with him for eternity in the next. That's right. And it's just that simple, boy, if they couldn't put that in every single school, <laughs> you know, a... what an improvement that might make. <laughs> That's right. The motto put right above the the entranceway into the building. Right. I mean, why, if did, you start... why did God make me? God made me to know him, yes. love him, and serve him in this life, to be happy with him forever in the next. That was the... It's still there. We still have it. Those of us who study from the Baltimore Catechism, we still know it. And it makes so much sense. Absolutely. Just, oh. Absolutely. So the trick is, how do we do this? Right. <laughs> um, Let's also let the listeners know. Now, you, you have a daughter who is 14? 14 just now. So she'll yeah. be entering high school next year. So you're kind of going into this 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 era. And I think that's why I'm kind of hyper aware right. about this, mm-hmm. because I want to make sure that we've had these conversations mm-hmm. and, you know... Picking your moment is always the tricky part. Sometimes they're ready for a conversation, and other times they're like, I'm right. studying for midterms. I can't right. deal so with this right now. <laughs> and a lot of our listeners I know are the same way. Whether, sure. whether you are the parents of, of teenagers or preteens or entering to the teens, and also and a lot of grandparents are raising, you know, yeah. for their for their children, raising their grandchildren in, in these very important years as well. So you listen bet. up. That's a huge role. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, absolutely. And, uh, and it starts before the teen years, mm-hmm. too, I think. And that's, the, that's where I find the challenge is um, – Finding tangible things that allow kids to feel like they are contributing in some way through their actions, through their activities. Mm-hmm. And uh, our school, thankfully, has been really good about having service projects for the elementary school kids. So they they do understand they have the power to make an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, there needs to be an understanding that it's not just activity. It's also through your prayer life or through your behavior towards mm-hmm. others. You can have a greater impact than you even realize. Just just being a good friend to another person mm-hmm. is, you know, has far-reaching impacts because that ripples out. It's like a pay-it-forward kind sure, of effect. Sure, sure. So some of the suggestions I had for encouraging our children um, – Helping provide experiences that do have an immediate impact mm-hmm. so that they see the results of what they're able to do. So as I've said many times before, some sort of a service opportunity, whether it's your local soup kitchen, cleaning up a park, visiting the elderly in a nursing home. Um, there are 
tons and tons of opportunities out there. And it's just a matter of taking time to do a search uh, in your local community, mm-hmm. um, in your church. You know, there, there are ways that kids can participate with all these family service mm-hmm. activities. Mm-hmm. Um, having them actually doing the boots on the ground work, either alongside you or if you have an older teen, they can actually run some of these things on their sure. own with a group of their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it's important to provide opportunities for alone time with God mm. because I think in this crazy, busy, distracted world, we don't get that opportunity to listen as much. We do a lot of talking. Right. We do a lot of asking questions. But then we need that time to sit still and listen to mm. what God has to tell us. Yeah. And expecting young children and even preteens and young teens to do that on their own is um, – as I've discovered, it's a lot to ask. Yeah. It's a lot to ask of an ad- adult as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not accustomed to communicating to someone who doesn't speak back to us audibly. So I suggested taking a trip to church when it's quiet in between masses and other activities, just nice, quiet, empty mm-hmm. church, and uh, maybe have the kids bring along a little notebook or some notepad, something to write in, mm-hmm. and ask them to write their concerns and their questions as if they're talking right out loud to God. And just take a moment to sit quietly and to be open to God's response mm-hmm. and make sure they know, you know, he doesn't necessarily answer right away, but mm-hmm. you know, the fact that you're there and you're talking to him, he's listening mm-hmm. and you just be prepared for his answer when and if it comes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and, and when you do that, the, the awareness and, and the presence of God becomes part of the family culture mm-hmm. and they understand. I remember when I was growing up and, and my dad always used to wear a hat. When he, you know, in winter time, he'd always sure. have a hat on, and I remember every time we passed a church, you're driving by driving by a church, he would tip his hat as he went, we passed the front door, and I I, I remember I was so impressed by that because he he was so aware of of the tabernacle that right. he, he would remember to tip his hat whenever he, he drove drove in front of a church, and how many people even think of that now? And without you know announcing it, right. it was just something he did. Just he did. That's right. And you picked up on that. That's right. And I'm still the image in my mind of him still yeah. tipping his hat as he passed the tabernacle is like, wow, that's really impressive. Absolutely. You know, it's a great witness by parents is important too. I'm sure. And that's that acknowledging that there is a higher power. Mm-hmm. There is someone who is in charge of your life and yeah. who has created you for a purpose, yeah. um, for a mission. Right. Um, so also, it's important to talk with your kids about their talents and their interests. And point out to them that God gives us these gifts for a reason. It's so that we can find a way to give them back to him for mm-hmm. his glory. And so I had said before, some you know something as simple as being a good friend is a way of giving back the love mm-hmm. that he gives us. Mm-hmm. Um, in playing sports, you know, playing a sport well, it's a chance to build others up through your teamwork, um, be a good team player. Being a good student, it uplifts and represents your school well, and it prepares you for a future as a thought leader or an innovator, someone who can help solve some of the world's problems. Mm-hmm. So it's it's toward a larger goal. It's not meaningless to learn algebra. You right. know, that's going to lead you to something way more important down mm-hmm. the road. Mm-hmm. But musicians, playing music well helps uplift the spirits of those who hear it. So that can improve their perspective and their behavior toward others. Um my son and some of his friends actually had played some Christmas music at a nursing home just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they didn't have a lot of time to practice together. It wasn't, you know, necessarily performance quality. But the fact that they did it, these residents were so oh, pleased. Yeah. They and they it. couldn't have been happier to see these kids coming and sure. giving of their time. And yeah. just, you know, you know that that 
made their day all that yeah. much better. Oh, and yeah. I think the kids felt good about, you know, even if they weren't playing perfectly, they were offering something that brought yes. someone joy. I remember I used to do that when I was probably in my late teens and in college, too. I would just take my banjo at Christmas time and go do nursing yeah. homes and just by myself. And you could see they they would just light up, you know, oh, yeah. and, and they were just so thrilled and they would clap and they would sing and they was just... and But more so, for me personally, it, it gave me a sense of, of as you say, purpose... Right. That what a great thing this is! I can be able, I can share this with these people who have maybe nobody else visiting them, you know. And so it's a great thing for young people, especially to Absolutely. do that. Absolutely, yeah. have some, and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be necessarily that. But if you have that particular gift, you know you do. Mm-hmm. It, the, the trick is to learn how, what can I do to offer this. Identify it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then after they have an opportunity to do some of these activities. Um, have a little recap session, you know, ask them what they thought or felt about the experience and how they believe it fits into the plan that God has for them or how it impacted their spiritual life mm-hmm. or how it impacted the lives of others. Just give them that opportunity to kind of think about, oh, yeah, that, that wasn't just something I did because I have to fulfill service hours right. or it wasn't something I did just to entertain myself mm-hmm. or, you know, make myself smarter, whatever. You know, it, it has lasting and meaningful outreach beyond yep. their lives. Absolutely. Well, that's great, Elaine. I know, I know you have listed, uh, you had mentioned rather, a, a, a couple of resources, uh, websites and things. That, can we maybe share some of those with the, the listeners that you feel are, are of, would be of great value to them? At sure. This point? Well, the, um, the Christian website that I looked to uh, mm-hmm. was crosswalk.com, mm-hmm. and that's where they talked about Pastor Rick Warren and his Purpose Driven Life book. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you can also find some similar resources through catholic.com. Okay. Um, and then when I talked about Eric Erickson and his various stages of um, psychodevelopment, that was at verywellmind.com, mm-hmm. and that's specifically psycholo- psychology website. Um, so, you know, I take it a bit with a grain of salt, with, yeah. you know, knowing it's a secular oh, sure. uh, resource. Um, but just to put a little end cap on that, the last stage that he talked about was uh, generativity versus stagnation. And I know my mom and I talk about this a lot. Mm-hmm. And once you retire from a long-time career, your children are grown and everything, um, it can be difficult to feel like you still have that purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's where it becomes, you know, you have the choice of offering what you still have versus sitting still and doing nothing right. and you're either generating something or you're beginning to stagnate. Yeah, yeah. So it's important for those who have retired to say, you know what, I've got grandkids or That's I know right. young kids I can help mm-hmm. with my knowledge and my wisdom, my That's time. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what Deacon Anthony, when he comes on with his senior spirituality segments, talks right. just about just about that very thing that, you know, especially today, I think, you know, having just turned 65, I remember when my dad turned 65, I thought, boy, my father's old. <laughs> but, you know, here I am, I, I could never have imagined my father wearing jeans at 65 years old, but it's a different generation and we have a lot right. more to, lot, well, we pray, have a lot more time here on this planet to do Absolutely. a lot more good. So thank you for all your good work, Emily. We always love having you here. Thank you. I appreciate we'll it. talk to you next month then. Sounds great. God bless you, friends. You stay where you are. Coming back with more. Don't go away.
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All right, that means it's time for our domestic church media forecast. Unfortunately, we're recording a little earlier today, so uh, Jim couldn't be here with us because Jim has a day job. <laughs> that's so, right. Some people really work. <laughs> that's right. So I'm going to uh, muddle my way through the weather, if you will bear with me, friends. And then after the weather, we're going to go to a special interview we did a while back with Father Leo Petalo oh. Cook. Right. Cook. He's very, very popular on EWTN. That's right. Anyway, today, high about 47 degrees, cloudy outside with light winds. Tonight, cloudy skies. There's a slight chance of a rain shower, low around 34. Winds will be light and variable. Now, the weekend, tomorrow, we're looking at cloudy skies. Again, a high around 47 with winds light and variable. Tomorrow night, there will be showers late. Uh, cloudy uh, earlier, and then later on, some uh, showers with a low around 34. Uh, chance of rain tomorrow night, about 30%. Sunday, which is Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. We really Are we little... doing anything? Yeah. Right. Well, we said we'll watch the commercials, I guess. We're not really big I do enjoy people. the commercials. We'll, 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 we'll see. Uh, but anyway, Sunday, for those of you that are doing... Well, nobody invited us to a Super Bowl party. Yeah, and that's consistent we don't get many with invi- all the years... We don't get years... many invitations. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's okay. It, it, I'm I remember. sorry. I must be like the burden. If if I weren't around, you probably get invited to a lot of things. <laughs> I remember once your sister had a party, but the game was not on. She had a party just oh, to it gather. It was like anti Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, not a lot so. of big sport fans in the family. Well, baseball. Me. Yeah. I'm, see, I would say like I know this was February first, uh, Saturday and Sunday. You're counting the days till two weeks. Pitchers and catchers report to spring training. So oh, let's go. And we're going to be out on the other coast, and there'd be some spring training activity out there in mm-hmm. the Cactus League. Let's do it. All right. Anyway, Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, is going to be partly cloudy with some sunshine in the morning. More clouds later in the day. High around 45 degrees. And looking into next week, well, hey, listen, uh, Monday, mostly sunny, uh, except for a few afternoon clouds, mainly sunny. High around 59 oh, on Monday. Yes. That's February 3rd, by the way. Is that well, Groundhog Day is Sunday, second the second. Right, that's the second, February third, the uh, feast of Saint Blaise. That's right. And so then, let the sun blaze. All right. So Tuesday, uh, mostly cloudy with a high around fifty-seven. Wednesday, there is a chance of showers, high around forty-seven, and Thursday, chance of showers, high around fifty-three. So you say Jim is working. He's probably out polishing his bike and getting new walking shoes. That's right. That's right. So let's, uh, all the way up to next week, it says 49 degrees next Saturday. (laughs) I love this winter. This is a great winter. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Uh, Okay. Well, we'll, um, are we going to, we'll go to Father, we'll we'll go do our little jingle here and go to Father Leo. Excellent. So stay where you are, friends. More to come on Friday Live. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All right, so why don't we do this? I, I believe Father is on the line. Uh, Father, are you there? I am here from Mexico. From Mexico. Good afternoon, Good afternoon Father. <laughs> We're so happy to have you join us and. Um, and taking time, I'm sure, out of your very busy schedule to be with us. But you've written such a wonderful book, Saving the Family, The Transformative Power of Sharing Meals with People You Love. Of course, Father, and I'm going to say your name, Father, uh, Paling Hung? Paddling Hung. Paddling Hung, call okay. Me Father Leo. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I said. That's what Cheryl said. Yeah, okay, <laughs> Father Leo, okay. Good. But, uh, our, of course, our listeners, as an affiliate of EWTN here at this radio station, our listeners know you very well from the network and the, the program you have there. But um, maybe tell us a little bit about, real quick, Father, we were just discussing some of these statistics of, you say less than 30% of families make time to eat together? 
Correct. So it's actually diminishing as we speak, just because everyone is getting so busy that they are forgetting the thing that makes them human. Mm. And really, when I say human, is because all animals in the animal kingdom, they feed their children, they feed their, you know, their own creation. But what makes us human is that we actually cook. No other animal in the animal kingdom does that, which, you know, for me, if I reflect on that, I ask why. And it's simply because we are made in God's image and likeness, and therefore what we can do is provide, as the providential father provides for his children. And cooking is, again, so unique to us. I think it's because we are made in God's image and likeness. And what does God want to do? He not only wants to feed his people, but by the revelation of Christ, he wants to eat with his family. Mm. And we were just saying also, Father, now Cheryl and I, are, we're baby boomers, and, and when we were growing up in the 60s and early 70s, there was no option. If you, if you didn't have dinner with your family, you didn't eat. So <laughs> That's right. So what, what, what happened? <laughs> well, what happened, I think, is um, the rise of fast food, which is not a problem for me, uh, but at one point it was very helpful because at one point there were, you know, husbands who were fighting in the war and moms had to somehow provide for their children while also working at home. And so there was a lot going on. And so while there was a certain convenience of fast food, I think we have unfortunately made it our staple. It's almost like we take pleasure in the created things and we forget that we're supposed to be co-creators. Mm-hmm. And so we've almost abrogated our responsibility in doing the one thing that really unites our family, and that's eating together. Mm-hmm. And so with the busyness of the day, and even though we have the modern technology to really converse with each other, we don't even do that. And so my book is really trying to get us to do the most basic of all human things, and that's to eat with your family in an intentional way, simply because intentional meals can really turn us into the supper heroes that's actually in the book that we're called to be. We're talking with Father Leo Padalinghong, who has written a book called Saving the Family, The Transformative Power of Sharing Meals with People You Love. It's published by Sophia Institute Press. That's sophiainstitute.com. And, uh, Father, you... you, you um, we talked a little bit about some of the benefits of having regular meals as family. Can you give us a few other statistics about the benefits of, of doing that and why it's so important sure. for people to, to make that effort? Absolutely. First of all, it is, um, it, it's said in CASA, the Center of Addictions and Substance Abuse at Columbia University, that you can actually reduce drug addiction tendencies, teen pregnancies, teen suicide, and even improve your students' testing scores with a regular family meal. And it's so commonsensical, we don't even need a, an expensive study, but guess what? We've got them for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. It's a reminder that the dinner table is also a desk, mm. a desk where students sit and they learn from the masters. And the masters, namely the parents, are learning how to be parents from their students, their, their children. And so it's about a relationship, and, you know, you can find any study on what improves relationships. It's spending time together. Right. So, again, I don't know if we need a lot of statistics, but just apply some common sense. In a normal day of a family with parents working and kids at school and other activities, when do they actually have time to be in communion Mm -hmm. with each other? 
Right. And then hopefully, you know, start fostering some conversation, some discussion, bonding. It is, it, you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to see how one step is going to lead to the next. Um, once, once we start some of these conversations and are, are there certain topics maybe we want to avoid? Maybe we want to save hot topics for another time. Well, I say you should be able to talk to your children about anything and everything. The real difference is when. I don't think it is, uh, is a very helpful thing to talk about the very challenging things of life during a dinner. Like, for example, you know, your listeners may be scandalized, but you really shouldn't talk to your kids about sex at dinner time. They're going <laughs> to run out of there like you can't believe. But if, if you create an environment where people feel like they can talk to you, then you can say, hey, kids, you know, like, uh, as you're getting older, let's just have a meal together. But over dessert, why don't, you know, like you, son, you and me as your dad, why don't we go out and just have a, have a dessert where we talk about stuff? Yeah. You can see what's happening is that the regularity of your family meal creates an atmosphere for people to trust each other. Mm. You know, I mean, like, mm. it, like, I'll just be a very, like a perfect example. I'm in Mexico right now, and we just had immersion Spanish classes. This school particularly almost required that the students ate with their teachers. Wow. And why? It's because at that moment, we're learning from each other. And even though I've only been here a few days, just basically a week, I can now say, I know that this instructor cares enough about me that they wanted to spend time with me. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's so common sense, but I had to write this book particularly about the generations of the family. Namely, the fact is, when they're kids, they got to eat with you. They have to. They mm -hmm. have no other choice. Right. Right. But when they're teenagers, what do you do about that? And when, for example, they get older, how do you stay a family? Mm -hmm. That's what this whole book is all about. This book is all about basically staying a family during the generations and the, the evolutions that families go through. That was my next point, is um, let's take it even another generation beyond. I can remember every Sunday we were together with one set of grandparents or the other. I mean, there was, you know, not just our immediate family, but then my parents' parents, you know. Uh-huh. Now, I, I will admit that in the background, you're just probably going to hear a little bit of noise <laughs> okay. because we're actually making our way to Mexico. Oh. But I think that's okay. That's what I love that's about fine. this. This is One live. of the things about family meals, one of the things about family meals is that they're never, ever going to be perfect. That's right. They're never, ever going to be distraction-free. There's always going to be these terrible moments when something is going to go awry. But the fact is, just by saying we're committed to doing this together, mm-hmm speaks volumes to your children. I'll give you another perfect example. My family is far from perfect. My dad says, we put fun in dysfunction. <laughs> you know, the fact is, the fact is, uh, my sister and brothers, they gave my parents hell. I, of course, was a perfect you child. Perfect, you know, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but guess what? Even after so many years, after so many disagreements, we still come together for the regular meal. Yeah. I mean, you can see that even though we're all adults, we don't feel the same until we've at least made some time for something planned, intentional, i.e. regular. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And we were just talking about that as well. And our, our children are all grown and out of the house. So Cheryl and I now, when we dine, have dinner together. Uh, how about us? Uh, how important is that for us as a, a, a married uh, couple? I'm so glad that you asked because I, I, this is actually a re- this book, Saving the Family, is a result of a second book called Spicing Up Married Life, which I also wrote to try to encourage couples to make intentional meals monthly together, you know, like ongoing dinner dates, which happens to also be a book about marriage preparation and ongoing formation. But this book, Saving the Family, takes a little bit of a cue from my previous book and tells couples that if you are not still eating together as husband and wife, then how can you expect for your kids that are now grown to want to come home if they are going to expect that you're not together? You know, so just the fact that you stay rooted is the anchor of the family, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so you're eating together and making the point to eat together regularly becomes an inspiration and information for your kids and your grandchildren, mm-hmm. because they will always know, no matter what, if I come home at this time, mom and dad are going to eat together, <laughs> and it also encourages you, at least the, the, the book suggests, you all don't get boring. Make sure you go out there and explore different things now that you have the freedom to do so. Mm-hmm. So, so, okay. so feel, feel like, um, don't feel like when your children are gone, your family is gone. Mm-hmm. Because the beautiful part is when you eat together, no matter what, your family is always together. And that's what communion is really about. Mm. Okay. Well, the book is called Saving the Family, The Transformative Powers of Sharing Meals with People You Love by Father Leo Paddlinghug. And he's been our guest and uh, all the way from Mexico. Father, we appreciate you taking time <laughs> out. Friends, the book is published by Sophia Institute Press at sophiainstitute.com. That's their website. Uh, Father, thank you for all the great work you do, and, and, and uh, for, especially for your vocation. We appreciate that. My pleasure. De nada, as they would say here. De nada. <laughs> Thank you, Father. God, God bless, bless you. you. God bless. Thank you. And Bye-bye. friends, you stay where you are. I'll be back with more. Don't go away. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, We shall answer to God for that, because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. Okay, well, again, thanks for being with us, friends. Um, Coming up next hour, we're going to be doing, as we do every week, our Gospel Reflection. Uh, reading first, and then our reflection today is by Father Jim Grogan. And then also next hour, we're going to be joined by Bill Harkins from St. Rose Parish in Belmar. And he's responsible, I think, for bringing the Cornerstone program to that parish and, and the surrounding parishes, the cohort parishes. 
And I, I think a lot of people know, although you you weren't that familiar. I wasn't with that familiar with it. No. It started in North Jersey. A gentleman began this, and well, at least he began the one the weekend for the men. And um, there's also a weekend for women, but they do it separately. You know, there's a, a different type of bonding that mm-hmm. will go on and interaction. So it's a men's weekend, then other places offer a women's weekend. So we'll hear all about what that weekend looks like if you're not familiar with it. Yeah. And then also um, Sunday, although it is Sunday, it's the fourth Sunday in ordinary time, but the 2nd of February is the Feast of the Presentation, Presentation of our of Lord. Presentation of the Lord, right. So people but then get, are they celebrating it as, even though it is a Sunday? It know? is. It is. Liturgically, the readings, the psalms, the anaphons, everything is reflective. On the presentation? Of the presentation of the oh, Lord in the that? temple and 40 days period of purification after Christmas. Some churches might be uh, blessing candles. We're having mm-hmm. a special like a solemn beginning just at our high mass where the— I went up to your parish last Sunday for mass and— uh, Baby Jesus was still out there. Right, because you do leave it up. Is that, until... Can you do that these days? Or that, 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 oh, that... you absolutely can. And oh, it's can. very popular all over Europe. It's just tradition to yeah. keep things up till February 2nd. Yeah, okay. So that'll, we'll have a little more information on the Feast of the Presentation. Yeah, we can talk and, about that. Uh, Monday, the Feast of St. Blaise, the Blessing of the Throats. These beautiful traditions, I can remember that from my childhood. Mm-hmm. Just like you line up and, and go up for ashes, you line up and the deacon or priest will cross the candles and say right. the prayer over your throat. Well, me too. And I think we'll also discuss that because it is... We're coming to the end of Catholic Schools Week, right? And myself, being a product of uh, 16 years of Catholic education, uh, mm-hmm. I remember uh, Feast of Saint Blaise very well because right. it was, uh, you know, it's just part of who we were mm-hmm. as a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. So, Beautiful. all right, we'll, we'll take a break, and when we come back, my friends, there's more to come, so don't go away. started like it does for many people, question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the, the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would, you know, Satan was working on me. He did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I experienced in my life were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. 
coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for, for the future. I'm on God's team. I, I know who I belong to and I know where I'm going and there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. St. John Paul II stated that, for the disciple of Christ, evangelization is a duty, an obligation of love. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church states that evangelization is necessary for salvation. So we know we're called, but how do we do it? St. Paul Street Evangelization can help. To learn more, contact us at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze that lasted forever. Great kiss. Those things are really important. She got a really short haircut that she hated, and I wrote her a note and put it up on the mirror saying that she was a cute girl with cute hair. What have I done for my marriage today? We've actually organized a date night tonight. What have I done for my marriage today? Wow, that is a great question. Uh, I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. <laughs> Today, I sent an email to my husband, and I said, you rock. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. I listened to my wife uh, when we talked on the telephone today. She really likes it when I listen. What have you done for your marriage today? Little things can make a big difference. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. This is Monsignor John Kozar, National Director of the Pontifical Mission Societies in the United States. Ask Sister Lisa Valentini whose life she'd pick if she could choose anyone's in the whole world, and her answer will always be the same. I'd pick mine every time, she'll tell you. Pennsylvania native, she served in the missions of Peru, Chile, and the Dominican Republic. I love being a missionary, Sister Lisa says, adding, it's amazing to think that God allows me to share in the wonderful work of bringing his good news to all people. We're all involved in sharing that good news. How amazing, indeed. It's a lesson from the missions. Brought to you by the Pontifical Mission Societies. To learn more about becoming a missionary right where you are, Visit our website at onefamilyinmission.org. Remember, if you're baptized, you're a missionary. Through prayer and sacrifice, in word and witness, we're all part of this One Family in Mission. Hello, brothers and sisters. This is Sister Ann Shields speaking to you from Food for the Journey, a program that is heard on domestic church radio Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m., I want to encourage you to listen to that program, not because I'm doing it, but because I speak of the scripture readings for the day, and the Word of God is what gives us life. Brothers and sisters, today we need life. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that persecute you. Forgive not once, but 70 times seven. We have to be honest, we have to be just, and we have to be kind and gentle. Listen to the wisdom of Father Benedict Rochelle, weekday mornings at 9 a.m., right here where you are family, Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Glory to God. 
This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating Hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back. Another hour of Friday Live on this January 31st edition, last day of January 2020. Getting a little spring fever. Already, because it really <laughs> hasn't felt like winter. So no, no. We're ready for the end of March, but let's not rush things. No, we won't. Let's but we're going to, as we do every Friday, we'll start with our gospel reading for this coming Sunday, which uh, is the Feast of the Presentation. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that afterward. Uh, and then Father Jim Grogan is here to uh, give us his reflection on this Sunday's Gospel. Later on this hour, Bill Harkins will join us from St. Rose Parish in Belmar to talk about the Cornerstone Program. So we hope, my friend, you can stay with us for the next hour and uh, share in uh, this program with us. We appreciate that. But first, we'll begin with our Gospel reading for this Sunday, which is the Feast of the Presentation. And this is from the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 2. When the days were completed for their purification, according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph took Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, in according with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be contradicted, and you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
The Feast of the Presentation of the Lord doesn't always fall on a Sunday. But this year, as it is on a Sunday, we have the wonderful chance to encounter the poignant scene detailed in the Gospel of Mary, Joseph, and the newborn Jesus meeting Simeon. We see the promise made by God to Simeon unfold as he suddenly realizes that this infant, being presented in the temple that day, according to the Jewish law, is the promised Messiah of Israel. The ritual which Joseph and Mary enter into calls for not simply the presentation of their son to God, but of a sacrifice. As a poor family, all that is required is a small, humble offering, such as two pigeons or turtle doves. But a sacrifice really entails so much more. Any sacrifice we make in our lives becomes a gift. Even in their poverty, Mary and Joseph would need to acquire the pigeons at some cost, and freely offer them to God in the temple. Already, however, we know that Mary and Joseph have sacrificed so much more. Before ever arriving at the temple, with the divine revelation that their son, Jesus, is the promised Messiah, the incarnate word of God, they have sacrificed so much of their anticipated normal life in Nazareth. And yet, we never get any sense that either Mary or Joseph regret their role, Quite the opposite. I have to believe that having Jesus in their home was the source of great joy, in addition to the anxiety-filled burden of raising the Son of God while the world did not know him. But Simeon recognized Jesus. That was, I suspect, both a comfort and a concern for Mary and Joseph. Simeon was clearly delighted to meet the Messiah. There is nothing about that meeting that says him or Anna, the elderly prophetess in the temple, who also recognized Jesus as threats to their son. I'm sure, though, as any parent would, they must have also been concerned. Who else would recognize their son as the Son of God and perhaps become a threat? Would they have the wisdom, courage, and ability to protect Jesus from such threats? Could they provide a normal home for Jesus to grow and learn? We, too, make sacrifices in our lives, not in the temple like Joseph and Mary, but in our homes, our workplaces, and our communities. The best sacrifices are those made with joy on behalf of those we love, our spouses and children. When our home is rooted in the authentic love of God, and then those self-sacrifices are offered with joy. In essence, when we sacrifice with joy, we are giving a gift and we make a gift of ourselves. The sacrifice of Jesus in the temple and later on the cross remains a gift to transform our lives even today. In the same way, we become the gift to those we love when we joyfully offer ourselves, our time, our friendship, our wisdom, our laughter, and our tears for the sake of family and friends. This Feast of the Presentation of Our Lord serves as a powerful reminder of the gift that each of us are called to be. First, the feast name itself reminds us simply to be present. This calls us to self-sacrifice personal time and agendas to be present with our spouses and children. Second, the joy we share by being present to our families becomes our gift to them and also God's gift to us. Just as Mary and Joseph knew 
that Jesus was a gift from God in their home. Jesus' sacrifice would be great and would come with such deep pain for Mary, just as Simon predicted. But his presence to her and to us after his resurrection surely offered to Mary and to us a fullness of joy and peace. We hear that gift of peace and love echoed in the prayer of Simeon at the end of today's gospel. We hear, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. May each husband and wife, each parent and child, make our lives gifts of peace and joy to each other as we celebrate simply being present to one another. May God bless you.
All righty. Welcome back. Every time I hear that, I always think of last year's Radiothon. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're the light of the world. Well, this year we are one body. One body. That's our theme this year coming mm-hmm. up. And I want to remind the listeners uh, again, April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. It sounds like a long way away, but it's only two months now. Mm-hmm. That, those are the dates of our Radiothon 2020. And just ask you, to, as I did yesterday, to pray on how the Lord would have you participate. Um, we're going to be just, again, having a, an exciting three days. Bruce will be here. Cheryl will be here. And a lot of excitement throughout those three days. So just pray about it. It is our major fundraiser of the year. We count on the Radiothon to really carry us through not just the summer but into the fall. And uh, I just ask you please to pray about that. But our theme this year is We Are One Body. Mm-hmm. And it was almost, do, we, do, do you remember what we were talking about? Because it starts on April 1st. Oh, Fools for Christ or something? Right. <laughs> I kind of like that. It's kind of the sub-theme. Yeah. <laughs> Make that the sub-theme. Well, uh, who said the Lord picks dodos to Mother. Do mother said that. Mother oh, okay. Angelica said the Lord picks dodos to do his work. I had in my, one of my original talks when I would go out and uh, try to gain support, you know, and mm-hmm. I said, you know, I, I, the Lord looked down and said, oh, that guy, that gym man for dodo. <laughs> He'll do it. He'll do it. <laughs> I was remembering, remember, it was a long, long time ago, I was sharing with the listeners this week, in the early, early days, it was one morning, and Brian, our friend Brian, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Chuck. Yes, I remember Two him. early board members were mm-hmm. at our home, and you made us breakfast. And then right. Sent oh, us, I heard. Yeah. Sent us out. I forget where we were going. But it's like sending out the disciples to go out right. and just, you know, just. And in. the only difference was, I mean, you had American clothes on, no robes, <laughs> and you had shoes instead had of shoes. going. Maybe if you went barefoot or no sandals. No tunics. That's yeah. true. I, but Somebody we, would have said, look at these. They, but they go really... off a lot like that, though, yes. in those early days. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, people now who are dear friends and board members for such a long time. But meeting them for the first time. In fact, one of our board members, uh, Tom Oswald, who's been with us from the very beginning, <laughs> when I first met him, it was at breakfast with him and two or three other gentlemen, and I was sharing my vision with them. And then Tom tells the story now that I left, thanked them for their time, and Tom turned to the other guy and said, this guy's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's just crazy. What? what is he thinking? And, and here now, they are. Here they are. And Com- I think all three of them are on the board <laughs> Completely <That's> invested. Right. <laughs> what a great impression to leave. This guy's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but People see, still say that. Mm-hmm. Hearts can change. Mm-hmm. Minds can turn. Oh, you've been mm-hmm. dealing with me for 35 years, so you know. <laughs> and I'm not done yet. That's right. And by the way, we're going to be going down to EWTN in March. We've been invited down to be guests on Jim and Joy's program. Uh, we'll right. keep you keep you updated on that. I, the uh, we're going down. We're, I think we're we're March 9th is the day that we're recording those programs. But then later that week they'll air. So right. We'll give and we'll have something and on our Facebook, so it'll yeah, and also show you page and stuff. Sure. The dates and the times. I think the shows repeat at a certain time, so we'll have all that information. Yeah, we'll get it to you. So just keep that in your prayers that it all goes well. Because I have other missions in mind as well. <laughs> I'm still on mission here. Uh, so mm-hmm. this Sunday is officially, the, and it's not optional, you said. It's not an option. No, it is part of the liturgical calendar the year. Feast this of the is presentation. A, a major feast, you know, 40 days after the birth of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Virgin Mary brought the Christ child to the temple for presentation. So it was common Jewish practice. Mm-hmm. It was the law of the Lord. But the story goes that uh, there was a pious and saintly man called Simeon, as you heard in the gospel. Mm-hmm. He was one of the most intelligent Jewish scholars of his day, very devout, praying for the day that the Savior would come and deliver all of Israel and the world from sin. And Simeon waited for years and years, and finally one evening as he knelt in prayer, he heard the voice of God saying to him 
that Simeon would not meet his death until he actually laid eyes upon mm-hmm. Christ's child. Mm-hmm. So um, he waited and waited and prayed each day. And sacred tradition reveals that Simeon was over 150 years old. So I don't know how they really determined that. Somebody yeah, was a good. He really was 150 years old. I guess a good calendar keeper, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But the promise of God was indeed fulfilled, according to mm-hmm. Scripture. Finally, on February 2nd, 40 days after the birth. Um, Mary and Joseph brought the male child to the temple and offered him to the service of the Lord. And it was here. Simeon was patiently waiting, as he had done for so many years. Once the Virgin Mary presented Christ's child to Simeon, uh, he said this beautiful prayer, Lord, now let your servant go in peace according to your promise. So he was ready to meet God himself. Mm -hmm. My, My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's also very customary to have the blessing of candles on that day. People can bring their candles. Now, if it was a weekday, maybe you have a daily mass, and we've done this at, you know, for many years at our parish, people would bring a candle or two from home, and all the candles are blessed, and then you have that candle to burn throughout the year. Candlemas Day. And Candlemas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In fact, that prayer that Simeon prayed at, at, at that point in scripture is the prayer that we pray at night prayer. That's how we end our night prayer, mm-hmm. by praying that same prayer. Lord, now you can let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people, a mm-hmm. light to reveal you to the nations. That's that's a beautiful way to end the day, beautiful. and it's prayed in, in night prayer. So liturgically, you know, we, we learn that there's nothing ordinary about ordinary time. And I don't know who said that, but I'm quoting somebody or just it's just general Some knowledge. Some clever wordsmith. That's right. But there is nothing ordinary. Here we are in ordinary time. But our faith offers so many opportunities to hang on to those traditions and that we um, participate in, especially those of us who went to Catholic school can specifically remember so many of these things. Oh, sure. Well, you mentioned that at 3rd of February, Monday is... Um Feast of St. Blaise. Now, you remember that from your... I, I do remember that. I remember getting our throats blessed because they would take us down to church, down you know, uh, down to the church because I went to Catholic school. and But I also remember it. I, I also remember getting, like, sore throats after that. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like, oh, no! Wait, this isn't supposed to happen. <laughs> I, I would get sore, February sore throats, but it doesn't happen anymore to me. So if you're a choir member, make sure you get in line to get your throats no, get blessed. Those, and there is, a, again, there's a tradition behind that, too. Did you say you had something there on yes, that same place? Um, why it we was, have that? No, let me People know. know the story of St. Blaise as to I why uh, why we bless the throats. I think so. Something about choking on fish, which is a in reason Acts, to not eat fish. Yeah, I think you, you, you um, can read it in Acts of the Apostles. While Blaze, and that's B-L-A-I-S-E, not Blaze, like a blazing fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Blaze was being taken into custody, a distraught mother whose only child was choking on a fishbone, threw herself at his feet and implored his intercession. Touched at her grief, he offered up his prayers and the child was cured. Consequently, St. Blaze is invoked for protection against injuries and illnesses of the throat. Mm. Will you have, you have your tonsils out? Yes. I never did. I can remember that. And I would get, they would call it tonsillitis. Mm-hmm. But it I really was in was kindergarten. I was five years old. No, I, I, I don't know why my out. memory, but sp- specific things are just, you know, implanted and strong on the memory banks. Yeah. My brother had his, uh, and his adenoids, whatever they are, his tonsils and his adenoids. Isn't that something in the back They did of the that nasal? a lot with the kids because they were, he would sure. snore at night. Right, right. I never got mine out though. Really? Mm. No. No, but I, but I used to get, 
a lot of sore throats until you know when it stopped. When I stopped, started taking Claritin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because well, it keeps everything dry. It you keeps everything dry. Drip. No drip. No mm-hmm. infection. I, I should you know thank please let Lord Praise let God, it let, right? let it continue because I need my throat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I never had my tonsils out. But it was not uncommon for kids in our, as we were growing up to get their tonsils out. Right. My sister had her, uh, uh, Janet had her tonsils out. I don't I know what they do today if it's just. Uh... Well, none of our kids had their tonsils out, did they? No, no, yeah. they didn't. Maybe just. Just medication. Right. I was thinking the other day, too, you know, I think about Catholic school and you kind of reflect back. And uh, I, was, I was taught in the early days up at St. Joseph's in Bogota in Bergen County by the, um, I think they were Carmelites, fully mm-hmm. habited nuns. Mm-hmm. And do you remember when we were growing up? You'd bring your lunch to school in a brown paper bag. Yes. Right? And put it in the locker or we would in put the it, we, I was cabinet. Thinking, we would put it, sister would say, put it in the cloak room. Okay. Literally had a cloak room in the school. So we mm-hmm. had no cloaks. We had a cloak room. <laughs> sister would say, put your bag. We'd all have to put our paper bags. And I, my, I remember in the morning, my mother would have them already with our names written on them in mm-hmm. pencil. Jim, brown paper Jim, bag. Daniel. No ice pack, huh? Nothing. No, no did insulated. We, did we never had that, right? <laughs> no. So you no. bring bologna and mayonnaise. <gasps> Yes, <laughs> sandwiches. And it'd be in the back of the hot classroom, in the cloakroom, mm-hmm. and then there, you know by, by lunchtime the meat would be rancid. So <laughs> and we all survived. We it, all didn't survived we? it. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking now, is this a way? You know, we talk about why now. Why so, there's so many illnesses and people get sick. When we were growing up, I think our immune systems were built up stronger. Right? My mother used to give, and we laugh at this, but my mother when she was making meatballs would would literally put raw chopped meat into our mouths and let us eat it. <laughs> Did your mother like you? Yeah, it wasn't just me. It was all of my siblings. But I'm thinking my body may have built up a resistance to infection to that type of, you know, Maybe. that type of, it's, you know, and be. we were eating, we were eating, you know, those, those bologna and mayonnaise sandwiches for lunch that have been sitting in the hot cloakroom all It gives morning. you an iron stomach if you fight stuff off. I'm just wondering if that's that's a... Should a, be a study. Somebody I'd like to know, and I guess we're, mm-hmm. we're recording today, so maybe next pro, next week we'll ask, how many other people, was it just unique to my family, that my mother would give us raw chopped meat <laughs> to eat when we were when she was making meatballs? We'll bring that up next week. Right? Yes. You never had that, though. No. No, but we, we would have... My father would grill steaks, and it would be raw. I mean, you're talking about walking well, around. Well, you still eat it that way. I do, and I love it, so that's that's pretty raw. Red. Really bloody red. Yeah, I know. You still eat so it. So that's. But I, I, when you think about, I mean, chopped meat is just ground up, you know, everything. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was my, I remember, I still, I still can picture like looking up at the counter, my mother waiting for it, molding the meatballs and then taking a little bit and, and putting it in my oh mouth. My gosh, eat no, it. We, we didn't do that at our place. But now here's another one Easter eggs. Weren't they always on the center of the table? The hard All week boiled, long. All week. They never were. Refri- refri- they were refrigerated, right. right? Right. But you know what? And there was nothing wrong with that because, as I understand it, you know, you boil them. They're mm-hmm. hard boiled. They're cooked. If you put them in the refrigerator after that, and then take them out, that's when they they get go bad. Because when you put them in the refrigerator, they get cold. You take them out, and then they condensate, oh. and then that that could create you know uh, growth, bacteria. Uh, yeah, bacteria. Oh my. But if you you know you boil them and just keep color them, out. them, keep them out. You're not refrigerating them because we did. My, right, my, let's let's do that this year, but. I, I'm, I'm well, giving up them eggs, I'm yeah, and just that. let you try it and <laughs> no, see gonna, what happens. I'm not doing. <laughs> but then also, you know, my mom would thaw the turkey out on Thanksgiving, like by putting it out on the porch overnight. 
Oh, sure. The night before Thanksgiving, she'd put yeah. the turkey out just throwing out on the porch. Yeah, it would be on, in our place, it was on the counter for like three days. Right. Oh, my gosh. So many But I think that's why we're we're a bit healthier, because our bodies have built up resistance to all this this, right. this possible disease that we could, we could have had through eating raw meat and, and, and Today, with all the, the vaccinations and the hand sanitizer and all this, like, we didn't... It didn't exist. Hand sanitizer that wasn't around when no, we were children. No, but I was during the night. I was. I guess when I was trying to fall asleep, I was just thinking back to what I was. In, I always had such pleasant thoughts about my my Catholic school uh, time. When mm-hmm. from the time uh, my first day of school was 1960, September of 1960, which is the middle of the last century, by the way. <laughs> um, it, there was a hurricane. I don't know what hurricane it was, but there was a hurricane. They canceled school the first day, oh. second day, and I hated school. My mother was because my mother didn't drive. The school was a mile away. And I'd, I'd say, I don't want to be here. And whatever fuss I was putting up, the nuns would call the cops <laughs> and put me in a police car and drive me home. <laughs> the cops would drive me home. My mother said, well, she, and it wasn't just the one isolated incident. It was Several like a regular times? thing. She said, when I, went, when I would see the police car pull up out front, I knew that you, you didn't want to be <laughs> Jimmy was in the car. <laughs> I don't want to be at school. Take me home. I can't believe they let you go. Yeah. And today, well, well you they, called they, the they gave me to a police officer. Mm. It wasn't like they just let me out the door. Oh, they sure. They put me in a cop car. But I mean, to just be able to leave. But unless you Maybe were that's why I enjoy sick. watching live PD these days. Maybe my, that's my, it. That's it. Trace it back to your childhood. Kindergarten, it was many times when that happened. It wasn't just one time. It was, my mother said it would happen often. The Pagoda Police Department would bring me home from school. I can remember it was Angela's first day of first grade. My good friend Sandra was her teacher. And Sandy called me that night to say, um, oh, she called me the second day, the second day, because Angela went to school on her first day. day, But then when she went the second day, she was telling the teacher like she couldn't uh, she couldn't understand why she was there. She goes, I already went to school as if school was one (laughs) One day. day. Do you remember? It's time to go to school. Well, I, I already went yesterday. What? It's it. I did it. Yet our Charlotte, our granddaughter, loves school. She loves, she's only three. She asks to go to school. Yeah, Can yeah. I go to school today? And it's a little tiny preschool, you know, a few hours twice a week. Yeah. But then when I was babysitting quite a number of hours the last week, and we had to play school, and we set up all the little chairs with mm. the little dolls and had a blackboard and had to have a snack time, and we just reenacted the whole day. Mm-hmm. She loves it. But yeah. that's great. Yeah. Well, that's again... Great. The coming to an end this week, but uh, of Catholic Schools Week, and to all the parents out there, because we did, you know, we know what it's like. We put all of our kids through. It's Catholic a sacrifice, mm-hmm. but the foundation that is placed will stay with them for a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. So God bless you all. But what if, now? Do we have a minute? To, I'm just looking ahead liturgically to this weekend. Saturday is also World Day of um, Consecration. Um, consecrated life. Consecrated life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the sister religious sisters will renew their vows. Mm-hmm. So it's we have that Saturday night. We have several orders of mm. sisters in the Flemington mm-hmm. area. They're all coming. Special blessing, blessing of the throats, mm-hmm. um, because not everybody can come on Monday, and then candle mass on Sunday. All sorts of things happening. So be thankful for the rich treasure that we have in our faith. Okay, so let's take a break. We'll come back. Bill Harkins will join us to tell us about the Cornerstone program. Don't go away. More to come on Friday Live.
Welcome back, friends, and thanks for being here with us on this lovely Friday afternoon. And joining us now is uh, someone local who was brought to our attention uh, by one of our liaisons, Bill Harkins. Welcome, Bill. Oh, thank you, Jim. And uh, Good to be here. You got a great review. Actually, your, you and your program got a great review. Your, your, it's a men's cornerstone is, is the uh, uh, program that you uh, developed, I'm, I'm assuming? I start right. I introduced it to St. Rose Parish in Belmore in 2015. Okay. And it's been going on ever since then? Yes, this is uh this is our 6th year. We've had we've had uh so far five what we call cornerstone weekends and mm-hmm. we have the sixth one scheduled for March 20 and 21. Okay. Wonderful. So for those people who don't know what Cornerstone is, now I can share um, quickly that 
it the word is a buzz in my parish in Central Jersey, and and we were uh, looking into it. Not only the men's cornerstone, but the women's cornerstone weekend. And so um, this is going to be great because I'm going to have my uh, pastoral council tune in and listen so they can find out what does it entail? What do we expect? What do we leave with in our hearts? So describe for those people who don't know what cornerstone is, um, what they could expect. Sure. What is it? Cornerstone, uh, and, and I'm going to talk in terms of men's cornerstone. Yes, But as okay. you noted, uh, uh, women's cornerstone is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything I say, if I talk about men, it could apply to women. Okay? Right, okay. But, so the cornerstone, uh, to me, is an opportunity for men to come together to deepen or re- revitalize their faith. Um, we have a weekend, a weekend, I put that in quotes, the weekend such as it is is only 25 hours long. Mm-hmm. Starts on a Friday night at 7 p.m. and it ends on the next day on Saturday with a family liturgy at 7 p.m. Oh, very doable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we provide uh, at St. Rose. We provide sleeping accommodations on Friday night in the high school building on air mattresses. Wow! And we provide meals during the entire weekend. Um, and and by the way, the cost for us is only forty dollars, so it's it, it's it's quite quite reasonable because we don't have any. We have very little expenses. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, Cornerstone itself is presented primarily by other men of the parish who previously made Cornerstone. Mm-hmm. And the talks they give are about their own lives and their faith journeys. It's, you know, it's a very relaxed atmosphere with lots of time for discussion with other men. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, it's not an old man's weekend. <laughs> we have men of all ages from their 20s to their 80s who make Cornerstone. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't like the word retreat, um, because the word retreat does turn some men off. So I, I, I describe the weekend as, it's fun, and I describe it as a combination retreat and Boy Scout weekend. Mm. And, and since, I met, since I went on Cornerstone many years ago, I found that I know and I'm close friends with lots of the men at St. Rose, and it's because of that weekend where we shared stories of our lives together. Right, right. It creates that sense of uh, bonding and things you have in common. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I think the, the essence of Cornerstone to me is um, that it's faith sharing by men through storytelling. That is, men tell their stories and their faith experiences during their lives. The weekend consists of six such witness talks given by men of the team men have prepared for these talks and the weekend during the previous year. And the talks, are, each talk is followed by small group table discussions, and the discussions, which are often lively, can, can lead to the other men seeing parallels in their own lives and faith journeys. Now, you, and that's it. The, week, the weekend is well planned in every detail, and, uh, and, and again, uh, it's fun. Bill, you mentioned that you set up uh, air mattresses and things. Is staying overnight a requirement? It, it, we try to make it so because that is um, uh, part of the bonding experience. Uh, I remember in the, the first year that we did it in St. Rose in 2015, one of our older men uh, was, I'll say, stuck in a room with uh, <laughs> on an air mattress. You know, it was about... Six air mattresses in a classroom, mm-hmm. uh, 
and one of the one of our older guys was stuck in a room with with a fellow who snored oh. and I snored loudly, <laughs> uh, and and you know and complained in a joking way the next day about about that and that in fact became kind of the joke of the entire mm-hmm. weekend. But it was really part of pulling everyone together. Mm-hmm. And it and it's a you know it's it, it is a bit of a hardship, but it's a it's a shared hardship, and I and it's and it's an important part of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yes. And are the presenters at, on the weekend from the parish where it's being held, or they are outside uh, individuals? Well, both. Um, St. Rose Cornerstone is open to um, not just St. Rose, but to our cohort parishes. Uh, so we have men who have made our cornerstone from St. Catharines and Spring Lake, um, from the parishes north of us, from uh, Bradley Beach, um, and... Uh, as well as south of us from Seagirt. And so the men who have previously made Cornerstone might have come from any of those parishes. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a good effort, the fact that it's even regionalized, because you're bringing together not your just immediate neighborhood, but, again, the, all the, separ- the parishes that surround you geographically, a wider sense of community there. Yes, for sure. And, and, and I see that all the time. I happen to live not in Belmar. I live in Spring Lake. Mm-hmm. And and I see men from Spring Lake um, who come to our cornerstone, and I see them in church, and uh, so it's it's really a wonderful thing. We're talking with Bill Harkins from uh, Saint. Uh, well, you Saint, Saint Rose, your parish, Bill, or are you from uh, Saint yes, Catherine? Saint Rose. We, we live in Spring Lake, but Saint Rose is our parish, mm-hmm. right? And talking about the cornerstone program, and uh, as I understand it, cornerstone was developed. Almost 40 years ago uh, at the um, Church of the Presentation in Upper, Upper Saddle River in Bergen County. Now, you said you made uh, the retreat weekend uh, a number of years ago? And... Yes, I made, I made Cornerstone first in uh, my parish, which was St. Joseph's in Oradell in Bergen County okay. um, in 2002, I think it was. Okay. Uh, and then got involved in Cornerstone up there, and in fact, I was the leader of a Cornerstone weekend in Bergen County at, in my parish. Okay. So that, that was my first exposure to it. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was so such a great experience that when, when my wife Mary and I moved down here about 15 years ago, mm-hmm. I, I always had it in my mind that, gee, maybe this is something that, that would be good for, for St. Rose. Mm-hmm. And that's when the opportunity presented itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I started it, I took... Cornerstone, by the way, is not a, a national or or, or or regional program. It's it's an individual parish program. There's no central mm-hmm. guidance on it. Mm-hmm. Each each parish, although it started with presentation, each parish has taken it and, and molded it to its own. Mm-hmm. And so when I started it at St. Rose, I took the best I thought of what presentation had to offer. What my parent, my old parish, St. Rose, had to offer, mm. and a couple of other parishes, and, and and created the program that we have. And you can mold and shape it to suit the specific needs of of your parish community. Has it traveled, however, beyond New Jersey? Like, do, do you know that maybe in other states they're doing something like this? Uh, yes, it has. I, I certainly am aware that it's that it's traveled into New York State. I know it's uh, quite active in Westchester County. And, and I was doing a web search, and I found it. Uh, it's in other states as well. Okay. Yeah. What was it, Bill, about your first experience with Cornerstone that made you want to get involved? Was uh, maybe just kind of share your own witness a little bit, if you can, 
for anyone who's listening as to what it did for you spiritually? Yeah, well, I, it, that's a very good question. It it uh, it, it certainly helped uh, strengthen my faith. Being with other men, you know, sometimes you you know you uh, you go to church and you you become active and and you wonder, you know, are you being a fool? You know that you're being a being a good Christian, and then you're with other men on Cornerstone and uh, who who have strong faith. Uh, strong faith as you do, and, and and then you know you're not alone. Exactly. Mm. And then at the end, you mentioned on Saturday that it's a family uh, liturgy. The, the family has to get involved and has to come and join dad or grandpa or brother. Yes, the the, the final uh, uh, the final part of the program is a family liturgy um, on that Saturday night, and and that's wonderful, and it's a good chance for the men who and for their families to be there, and for the men who have been on the Cornerstone weekend to uh, often witness at the Mass as to what uh, what the weekend has meant for them. Mm. Oh. Have you had some of the, the wives say, boy, my husband has really changed for the better? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jim, I'm going to send you a... <laughs> I don't know if I can get any better. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, no, we I, have. I have and, a... and in fact, there's a move now within the next year. I, I think St. Rose will also have uh, um, something quite parallel to Men's Cornerstone. Mm-hmm. Well, that's. Sound... I think the, the week, by the way, let me say this: sure. that I think the highlights of the weekend for me are um, both the begin, well, everything about it, but also the beginning and the end. The beginning of it on that Friday night after a talk after two talks, one by one of the men and one by uh, our parish uh, priest, oh. our pastor, on reconciliation. Then we have a wonderful reconciliation ceremony, mm. which, which, is, um, which is not mandatory, but many of the men who have, uh, uh, who have been on our Cornerstone Weekends have said that's the highlight of the weekend, because uh, a number of them have, uh, in fact, that's the first opportunity that they've had for reconciliation for some men have, have uh, witnessed in 30 years. Wow, wow. And so that's really a, a powerful part of the weekend. That's great. So tell us then, again, we're, we're reaching a wide audience here, and you mentioned it's open to uh, St. Rose and the cohort parishes there. Is that exclusive to that then? Or? Well, it, frankly, I'd be happy to have anyone come okay. to our weekend. So why don't you then share to, with our listeners, especially the guys, obviously, and the women who want to send their guys uh, to the next and the upcoming, you mentioned in the beginning, but let's get those dates out again so we can let people know about it. Yes, our, our next Cornerstone weekend is March 20 and 21. That's a Friday and Saturday. And we always have it at the beginning of Lent. Mm. And so we you know, kind of offer it. And we talk in church beforehand, you know, the weeks beforehand about it, that it's a good opportunity for men to make a, a Lenten gift to themselves, if you will. Right. So, so it's March 20 and 21, and if, and if anyone listening is interested, uh, by all means, uh, get in touch with us, um, get in touch with me at St. Rose Church, and uh, we'll be glad to welcome them to the weekend. And how do they get in touch with you at the church there? Is there a website or a an email or something they can do? Yeah, well, actually, I probably the easiest thing to do is for me to give my own email. I have no problem doing that. Okay. So okay. And I'll write it. Is, Good. Is that okay? Sure, yes. sure. 
If you don't mind being bombarded with all the emails you're going to get. <laughs> Hopefully he is. Hopefully he is. And then who knows? Someone comes and they are so touched and right. so moved. And again, to start with the grace of that clean slate that we receive in reconciliation, they're open then to receive whatever God has in store for them that entire weekend. And at the beginning of Lent, so powerful. So I'm going to write your email address down too. And then people know they could always call the station if they are driving and they can't write it down. So go yeah, ahead. That, mm-hmm. That's fine. So my email is HarkinsW, that's H-A-R-K-I-N-S-W, mm-hmm. at AOL.com. Wow, oh, that's easy simple. HarkinsW at AOL.com. Well, Bill, it sounds like a, a wonderful program, and, and your witness is great, sharing it with our listeners and uh, guys listening. And uh, even, again, I, I think a lot of times the wives will, will, will send their husbands. They'll say, <laughs> you need to go to that weekend, dear. Uh, well, I hope so. I, I should also point out that one other thing, which is important, that, that distinguishes Cornerstone from other from a retreat mm-hmm. is, is this, that, um, again, I said before, that Cornerstone weekend is fun. Sometimes retreats can can be kind of stiff, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. But, but Cornerstone is fun. But also this, very important. I talk about Cornerstone as it's a two-day thing, Friday and Saturday. But, mm-hmm. but there's really th- a third day. And that third day is we continue every month after a Cornerstone weekend to have monthly meetings. Mm. Okay. And, and every month, and, uh, and, and the meetings are great. They only last about an hour. But they're they're terrific because each month we will hear someone else give a witness talk, mm-hmm. That's and great. there'll be you know there'll be discussions and uh, and we also end each of those meetings with uh, some wine and beer and some food. So they too are, are fun. <laughs> wine so and beer, guys. Wine and beer. Right. Just say it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> and good food. Where's the food coming from? Is it homemade? You, you, you cater it in. I'm sure there's lots of it. Especially down well, there. One of our one of our guys um, is the uh, he, a retired guy uh, is the, uh, the cook for our, for the parish's hospitality uh, weekends okay. every month, okay. and so he he is uh, he's our chef for the weekend, and he's terrific. Okay, Fabulous. so again, the date upcoming dates at St. Rose are March. Tw- I'm sorry, 20. Mar- twenty and twenty one. Mm-hmm. And That's right. uh, guys, if you're interested, you can email Bill Harkins, uh, with whom we've been speaking. His uh, email address is harkinsw at aol.com. So, Bill, thank you so much for sharing that with us. We appreciate it. Well, you're very welcome. I enjoyed speaking with you. God bless you. Thank you for all you've done all these years and for the years to come. Good. Thank you, Cheryl. You're and welcome. friends, you stay where you are. Going to be back with more. Don't go away.
now that was I forget. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lynn Cooper, Cooper, our okay, good Lynn. our good friend Lynn Cooper. I want to dance. I want to dance next week because the weather's going to be beautiful. Yeah, you can get your bicycles out and your we're skateboards. We'll be outside. We'll start weeding. We'll dig up the garden. No, not ready for that. No. But I'll tell you, we had a few of these warmer days a few weeks back. Remember, it was pushing 60, mm-hmm. and the daffodils started coming up. Where are they now? They go away. They go back down. Well, they're a little bit looking terrible. Yeah, just you know, I hear the I hear the birds in the morning, like those spring chirping birds. Like I think yeah. they're a little little confused. Nature is confused. <laughs> you know, that's all right. You know what? I think you know what? God's sending us a signal. We got to start uh, wisening up, I suppose, mm-hmm. a little bit because the world has gone quite awry. I know. I know. I think about uh, you know talking about the old the old days when we were growing up, and they really were not. You know, when you think about this 1970s, 60s and 70s. Yeah, there they was were, turmoil uh, too, 60s and 70s. There riots was a, and things in 1968 right. was a horrible year. But it, the way it has escalated mm. that now, though, too. But I think it's become more of a, a more of a moral decay now right. than it was like, you know, like I said, we had, think about 1968, two assassinations within two months, Martin Luther King and Robert yeah. Kennedy. Mm. There were those riots in Chicago at the Democratic National Convention. You probably don't remember, you're too young. But the division, you know, it's it's. There's but it's been there the war since in Vietnam. It's been there since Christ walked the earth. The right. division, the, you know. The, well, that's why our theme for the radiothon is we are one body. You know, I I was sharing with the listeners. I mentioned I was at your your parish up there in Flemington, uh, St. Magdalene's on Sunday last week, and Father Tregilio comes there and does a lot of the masses. Right. He's friends with the pastor, uh, but he did give a very good homily on Paul's. Uh, reading from last Sunday about, you know, I belong to Cephas, I belong to Paul, I belong, mm-hmm. and how we, we're all, like I said, we're all on the same team. You know? We all belong and, to God. Right. And, and we shouldn't be allowing that division to creep in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we can, you know, like I said, a great example are, are those wonderful brothers and sisters who, who, you know, live for the Latin Mass. And the church says you can celebrate the Latin Mass, celebrate it, mm-hmm. do it, you know. But if you prefer the Novos Ordo Mass, Nothing wrong with that. Church says you can celebrate it that way too. So not one is one is not better than the other, as far as I'm concerned. It's just different. Just a preference on what you you know what you prefer. So even styles of prayer, you know, you have those that will sit in the Adoration Chapel Mm -hmm. for for hours. There is a beautiful woman that at our place where very often we do have overnight adoration. You know, first Fridays, and she'll take like one a.m. to four a.m. And not that she's in there sleeping, you know, it's just her and the Lord. And others have to be busy, you know, with the fingers on the beads and the reciting of the prayers. And others, you know, are fed truly through the uh, through the mass it's mm-hmm. just many different ways to pray right. that's between you and god and not one is better than the other right and even saint paul you know we're 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 all part of the same body but different members different mm-hmm. parts and and mm-hmm. you know we have different gifts to use and different ways to to worship and celebrate but all within the context of what the church teaches us so anyway that'll be our theme this uh, this year uh, radiothon 2020 which will be coming up uh, april 1st 2nd and 3rd and uh, so just pray about that, my friends, because we are going to come to you and ask you, please, to support us. The best Radiothon yet was last year. I'm praying that this year we are one body will be the best yet. So mm-hmm. anyway, we're going to take a break. No, we're leaving. Not That's taking right, a break. We're to... leaving. <laughs> it's a long break <laughs> until break. next Friday. Until next Friday. I'll be back on Tuesday, God willing. Bruce is here at 3 o'clock on Monday. We're come to the throne. So we invite you, friends, to tune in then and call in with prayer. And let's all pray together under Bruce's prayer tent on Monday mm-hmm. at 3 o'clock live here in these domestic church media stations. Until then, have a great rest of your day and a beautiful weekend. Thank you for being with us. God bless you.